right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Uh, fired up a little bit today, man. Today we're talking, well, a couple of our own home runs. So it, it's a rare occasion we're going to bring and drag some of our own cars down on the show. Now, this year, I really have grown to love, and this, this is painful to say, to be honest, you guys, I've actually grown to love um, this really cool Mustang that Kevin's picked up. Man, he's doing it right. He is doing it righteous. The car is going to be McNasty. It's going to be wicked. It's hard for you to get those words out, right? It's, uh, uh, it's, it was I tough, just want to like... like <laughs> 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 well, I will say, man, like, oh. you know, there's a lot of Mustang oh. fans out there, you know, and, and I'm one of them, but I've got my peculiars. I like my particular years and makes and shapes uh those are the ones i really like and man as you're mentioning i picked up a 70 mustang fastback i think 6970 are, are awesome i love the 6566 fastback sure there's a lot in between where i'm like okay sure you know yeah. but man those couple years they really rev me up but yeah you, on the other hand are also building something kind of wicked and this thing has been sitting yeah, uh, barn find kind of thing, right? Like, well, it was kind of a a glutton for punishment, if you will, because you know I found it uh, in in a buddy shop down the road from me. I drug it back here um, with the intention of of just holding on to it for a future project. Had another buddy won a few of my cars, offered me the you know a couple things. I had a couple you know just beater Camaros that I picked up, and so we did a little swap. And you know, kind of long story short. In the swap, part of the deal was he was going to put this LS in, in my Trans Am and get it all fired up. But his shop, he was moving the shop to Vegas. So I let him take the car. I gave him a couple other shells and another Camaro Berlinetta that I picked up at a state sale for really cheap. So I didn't think anything of it. Well, after a year and a half, I started asking for the car. Well, I got it back, and he hadn't touched it. <laughs> um, he'd just been busy and... You know, it is what it is. So I was like, man, I got to get this car just on the show for a hustle up. And just get this LS in it, engine in it, get it fired up. So was able to do that. And we brought it down on the show for a real 
a big reveal, cool swap, and some I think is going to be kind of cool when it's all done. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, you know, so 1978, Firebird, that is the Smokey and the Bandit iconic yeah. machine, man. Like, for anybody, I don't know what age, I mean, I guess you had to be a few years old by 78, but then, you know, beyond that, I'm sure the reruns of that movie, I mean, that, that just kind of... You can't not think of Eastbound and Down, you know, like <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that song that goes with it. You know, those guys are smuggling what coarse beer across yeah, state lines, you know, like <laughs> it's funny, man, because I, you know, I think of that movie and it sort of made that 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 Trans Am, that body style, the whole look, the big bird, the T-tops. It made that such an iconic piece of car culture for us kids. I want to do a different one. When I, when I found this TA, it was kind of opposite of that, kind of like an anti-bandit. It didn't have T-tops. It was white. It's got a silver bird on it. And it was in, you know, the body's in good shape. It just the clear coat had gotten eaten up. And it had been tossed around from shop to shop. So when I decided to bring it on the show, do an LS in it, you know, I, you and I both like to drive. So I got a couple cars that are just race-inspired. You know, I got a couple cars that I drag race. Um, but... This one is like that little street warrior that's just a little bit different. Most people know I love Mopars, so I got a lot of B-body Mopars, drive a lot of those, but a Trans Am is just a little different. It's just a little like wild and kind of out there to me. Um, and so I wanted to well, do an anti-bandit and do it with an LS swap, put some handling in it, and that's really what we dove into, which made for a fun show. No, absolutely. So why don't we take a break here and uh, maybe dive into what is going to be your formula, right? Because you've already said you're you're doing the LS swap in it, right? So yeah. it's not, you know, it's not going to be stock, right? Uh, you know, I'll just tease a little bit. We did some major, major suspension upgrades, right? So maybe talk about what is this thing going to look and feel like um, yeah, when maybe. it gets done and maybe a little bit of progress that uh, it's already got so far. Yeah, man, we'll do. So, quick break. We'll come back, tee that up in the Two Guys Garage podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. We're back after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today, man, we're kind of queuing up what we did a little bit on the show in this crazy kind of wild Trans Am. I call it the Anti-Bandit. This car, to me, is going to be... You know, an everyday cruiser with a lot of spank, a lot of stink on it. Uh, it's going to be one, you know, not as wild and crazy probably as your Mustang, but uh, on the surface, but it's going to have a little bit of go power uh, and a lot of handling to it, which I think every old muscle car, man, to have creature comforts, to be able to, let's be honest, they were cool to look at, but underpowered. Uh, couldn't handle, you know, in, in 1978, believe it or not, that car set a skid pad record. That car with the, the disc brakes set a skid pad record for that year, which is hard to believe driving that car now because it's a 
bucket, man. It is, <laughs> it is something else. So what was the horsepower to go along with that? So they had a number of engines in, in, uh, in Firebirds, but that Trans Am, right, had the 6.6. Right. Yeah. Six point yeah. six so, liter. They just switched over from cubic inches, you know, on the the numerals, you know, the numerals to to liters. Right. So it had the big six point six liter in it. What was the horsepower on that bad boy? Dude, this is an asphalt tearing, earth pounding, two hundred and sixty five horsepower. Now Ooh. that's if you got the high output, the TA with the six point six. If you just had the TA. Or the, just the 6.6, then it was 235 or 260, uh, respectfully. Uh, but this was a blazing 265. Yeah. <laughs> that was the era that, unfortunately, uh, we had to live through in the 70s and 80s of smog emissions, restrictions, yeah. and all that stuff, man. All the, all the heyday of the late 60s, the big blocks and all that oh. stuff just went. Wah, wah. Yeah, man. It was so funny because that thing does relentless burnouts in Smokey and the Bandit. That thing from the factory was completely incapable of replicating anything like that from the movie. I mean, it was, it was, <laughs> it was that, man. It was wild. Well, so the motor you got in there, that's um, just to get things rolling, right? Because this thing has been sitting, hasn't fired up for what, yeah. 30 years? It's been a long time, and this car has 20 been 20 years, a couple decades? I, I, I found the car, and it had been sitting since late 90s. So 98, 97, somewhere in that time frame. Wow. Uh, I think is when it got stored. 20, 25 so years, the car, at least. Yeah, man. So the car had been sitting for a long time. So I had that LS that I just acquired from another buddy who had got it for his hot rod, and he sold his hot rod, just had an LS laying around the garage, who wants that? Approaches a car guy. Willie, you need an LS? And I'm like, sure, I'll give you, you know, I think I paid a couple grand for it. So I had that one laying around. I had, you know, time to get that one in there because it had almost everything I needed to get it fired up for the show. So that's what I ended up doing. However, um, you and I built a really nasty LS several years ago. And I started with a little bit of those parts and I just duplicated everything we had in that LS that you and I built on the show. Yeah, so let's walk through that motor. And, and, and I'm gonna just foreshadow a little bit. Uh, this, this LS1 motor they dropped in there, just for the show, right? This, this car's been sitting for 25 plus years, hasn't fired up. So you can imagine how rough and tumble this thing was when Willie said, hey, I'm gonna snatch this out of the garage right out of the barn, and I'm gonna just throw some parts together and start the journey, right? This isn't a build, it's not built and finished, this is a journey, right? And we just got it started, which is exciting, because, right, that's why I wanna tell you, you know, you to tell us kind of where it's gonna be, because uh, if you watch yeah, the show, yeah. you'll see where it's basically starting, and it's just barely starting, but we got it just fired up and running enough to go for its first drive in two or three decades, and it was one of the most fun first drives I've been on in a while uh, because it wasn't <laughs> as smooth and crisp as you think when you've built a car for, you know, a couple of years versus just like whip some, you know, and get the thing fired and go just see where it's at, you know? So it was, it was awesomely fun. We'll get to that story at the end. So yeah, meanwhile, man. we're just barely getting something in it to get it moving. 
and you've got something badass in the background. So walk us through about the build. I, I remember it was a LS Next LS block. So this yeah. thing had a lot of cubes in it. Yeah, it was like 440 cubic inches at the, at the time. 440 um, LS cubes, yes. Yes, yes, which is far different than the old school 440 Mopar stuff I'm used to. Uh, so, you know, modern power, modern components, modern tolerances, clearances, um, and that's what makes uh, LS so, you know, so toxic and, and so appreciated in so many formats, um, you know, in, in so many swaps. So this particular one, Big Cubes, we put – Airflow Research heads on it, which I absolutely love. Yep, AFR um, heads on and, it, yeah. Yeah, we did a hydraulic roller, um, and really, we went kind of big from there. A lot of things were kind of unique. Uh, we went with the dry sump kit, which is a little bit different than most people would, would probably put on it. Mm -hmm. um, but it, And we did a belt drive, which is really cool. I think that, you know, aesthetically looks like that, that race perceived, you know, engine when you pop the hood and see a belt drive you know and a, a dry sump set up you're like whoa this thing legit yeah man and uh, a little bit of trick valve train i think it had a jessel valve train in it uh fuel yeah. injected i mean you throw that big lumpy cam in it uh and this bad boy is knocking on 700 na yeah yeah it really was i believe it was like 684 or 6 690 uh right there just na which you know, at, obviously that's at sea level, but man, that is big power. Um, and that plays largely into what I want this car to actually be uh, and actually do. Uh, when I, you know, when I finally get this car done, what you're going to see is something, you know, kind of wild. What you see on the show is that great start like you were talking about. But for suspension, that's why I really wanted to bring it out because, we got a big upgrade in the suspension. Like the LS you see, that's going to be out the door fairly fast. That LS next, you know, big cubes, dry sump, that's going in. A 4L80 is going behind it. So a real stout, nasty transmission behind it. And then, you know, I'm upgrading the rear end. But the real deal is the suspension we went with and what's potentially going to be um, the car's capability after we get all that done and, and where it's going on top of the suspension. Yeah, yeah. So get the thing moving around. Get the underpinnings sorted out, right? Suspension, yeah. brakes, what wheel and tire package you're going to do, right? Whatever sheet metal stuff you got to modify. Get the motor going on the side, you know, something that's going to get you kind of jazzed up to put all this legwork in because you're thinking about, you know, almost 700 you know rumbling tumbling going in that yeah, sucker man. so yeah. that's a that's a good start for a really wicked car and something i think to be a lot of you know a lot of fun it's so much so much an improvement over what was offered you know from the factory of that car it's just night and day difference so to bring it up just where it's fun to play with fun to drive um was a big deal for me and i think that ls that nasty one is really going to do that. That 4L80 gives me plenty of gears behind it um, to really stretch its legs, you know, on bigger road courses, some highways and, and some big fun, you know, turning tracks there. Uh, but really what the car is, is going through as far as upgraded suspension, that's going to tell a big story. And, and for us, it was something cool, something we haven't done in a number of years. We got the call from BMR and we went big with our friends at BMR 
on suspension upgrades for this 78 Trans Am. So imagine a, you know, an anti-bandit. Imagine a white Trans Am, not the black one. This is a full-on coupe. No, it's a hard top, so no T-tops. Black interior, not leather, but cloth, right? And the stance, the looks, is as close to factory as I can get, but with, you know, an upgraded LS next in it, those bigger, um, they call them uh, snowflake rims, but that same look. I don't know why those wheels look so good on that particular car, but that wheel in like an 18 inch or something, you know, that fills up those wheel wells, but that same look from 1977, 1978 in that snowflake rim. Yeah, it's an iconic wheel in that car. Like you said, I think if you put that wheel on just about any other car, you'd be like, what? What's with right, that? Right. You know, like <laughs> yeah. even the name, the snowflake wheel, you know, like that doesn't sound <laughs> mean, menacing or anything, you know, like, but on that car, it's like what you expect. I, it almost looked weird if it didn't have those wheels on it. But right back in the day, it was a 15. You throw a couple more inches on the diameter, put a performance tire on it. Now that girl's waking up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is exactly what I plan on going with. And look, man. I know you, you're smart. You went with C6, you know, uh, brake setup on your Mustang, which was, which was smart. I'm actually, I'm actually going to go with a C5 on mine. Mm. Um, so I, it just so happens, uh, you know, I had a, a, a nasty mile racing Corvette that I did a lot of mile events with. Well, I had a, a really wicked brake upgrade um, I'd already purchased for that. So I'm going to just transfer that over to this Trans Am. Talking 14-inch rotors, the big stuff, six caliper pistons. Um, so I'm going to get that rim and that brake set up on this Trans Am. So you start to see kind of what's happened to it. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about how you're going to get the C5 package to work. So for me, uh, I went with Detroit Speed on my Mustang. Uh, I could order my rear end housing with an adapter. Boom, C6 made it super easy. Front is a C6 modified knuckle in that Mustang package. Right. So boom, C6 brakes, bolt right on. So in your case, do you have a, a roadmap or is this something that you got to fab so, up? No, or? I, I found a company, believe it or not, that does these type swaps. Um, and I, I can't think the name of it off the top of my tongue because I just found out about it yesterday on a phone call with my brother. So uh, we were kind of going back and forth about what's the best way to get big brakes on that car. Um, and he told me the company, and I, and I spaced it. I, I got it written down uh, at work on, a, on my little notepad, but I, I can't think about it right off the top of my head. But it will basically mean going to a similar spindle uh, like on, on the C5. Right on. Cool. So it's a spindle upgrade that then allows a, a pretty straightforward C5 brake combo. Yes. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, man. Which I already have. So my my deal is building this thing on a budget, um, you know, trying not to to blow the bank on. I got a lot of car projects, man. Uh, I got to get back on the wide body. Uh, I'm crazy busy now with cars for Christmas. Something else I do that you know I'm I'm very passionate about. Um, but getting this car, I think, uh, on par because I've got the LS next built, right? I got it ready. I got that. 4L80 in the car. We just upgraded the suspension. Um, I think really a couple of these missing components like brakes, uh, exhaust, and a few of these parts and pieces. And really quickly, 
I'm gonna have a pretty nasty NA car, and I'll tell you what I'm gonna use it for and the fun I plan on having with it uh, right after the break. So stay tuned. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Ford Mustang himself, Kevin Bird. Uh, I'm Willie B, repping the Pontiac Trans Am for this podcast. Don't tell anybody. All right, <laughs> we're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, man. We're talking about, well, we're talking about one of the cars that got to bring on the show this year. Kevin got to bring on a really, really cool, you know, just fastback Mustang. And this thing is, it's wicked in every way. It's got a really cool, like a midnight blue. Did you get a code or a name for that paint? Because I think it's going to show well on TV. It definitely has a, a midnight blue pop to it, like an anodized blue almost. Yeah, I think it's a candy blue, like a silver base you know, coming through a candy blue, but um, yeah. man, it, it really does pop. It looks great, man. You get it out in the sun and uh, just about everybody. And it's got a uh, kind of a smoke gray, kind of a pearl uh, chrome wheel look to it. So it kind of brings a little bit of mean and nasty to a bright and beautiful yeah. kind of blue color. Uh, so it's going to look cool. It's set down, good stance, big, big tire under that thing. 355 19s in the back. Whoo, 295 18s in the front. That's enormous. Yeah, man. That's a whole lot of cutting right there. But uh, my plan is to attack this. You know, you can imagine a 77, 78 Pontiac Trans Am is kind of off the normal path of the the black smoking the bandit style Trans Am. It's a white Trans Am, black interior, silver bird. Uh, My concept is to take the same snowflake rim, um, but find that in the 18 or possibly even bigger. I gotta, I gotta look how the car is gonna sit when I'm done with it, but getting the stance right so it drops a little bit more on that wheel lip, but having this thing be able to drive to and from, but really be a race-inspired you know, throwback. I, I plan on doing a lot of time attacks, autocrosses, and you know, infield races. There's a couple places they have infields here in Colorado uh, that they set up some nasty, cool infield races that we just have a blast on. That's the goal in an NA car, putting that 600 mark down is right. That's perfect. That's, that's where you need to be. That's where you dream of being. Boosted cars tend to overpower the course and track. That's 600 horsepower. Normally, you could mess and play with. That's right about that number where you, know, you can't overpower it if you got that suspension right. Yeah, and you got the formula going. I'm I'm really seeing how it's coming together. Six seven hundred under the hood, right? You've got a C5 brake package, at least an 18, maybe a 19 inch wheel package, right? Uh, some good sticky meats under it. The suspension we haven't really talked about in detail, but BMR delivers, man. So when you look underneath this thing, it's got like frame rail connectors and cross beams, and you know, like yeah. it's legit. So it turns an old leaf spring wobbly do sort of you know all over the place uh rear end into a yeah. a torque arm uh three link setup that's pretty stout man and, and it even comes with a watts linkage uh, and if you're not familiar with the watts linkage uh panhard bar kind of goes a little bit diagonal from one side of the frame to your uh to your rear end and it keeps it from going side to side but it swings through a little bit of an arc. So your wheels aren't going straight up and down. They're swinging through a little bit of a circle here, some side to side as it's going up. And the Watts linkage keeps that thing tracked. 
side to side and just allows it to go straight up and down. Uh, so you can get a lot of tire, uh, minimal tire clearance because your wheels aren't going back and forth. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. So you can fit a tire in there tight uh, with a Watts link, but that underpinning with all that suspension, just red everywhere, right? Tubular yeah, red, yeah. you know, tubular arms, torque arm, cross members, you name it, man. What's really wild is they cradle the rear end. So yeah. when, you're, when you're looking at it, the rear end of the car is in a, in a cradle uh, that beefs up some of the stiffness. It's part of that, you know, that torque arm. And it really, uh, you can hammer away as hard as you want. And, man, that thing is stout. It's reinforced. It had been a long time since we had done one. Uh, but we went through, and Kevin did a just a home run job on the show explaining a, the different sort of, you know, angles and the travel of what that suspension is now going to be, you know, going through as far as locating that rear end, something the Lee Springs, you know, it's old antiquated technology. It's been around since the horse and buggy, but it's so, it, I mean, it's so oftentimes out there in muscle cars, uh, vintage cars, all these old school racers still run it. Uh, it's just wild that technology is still around, but vastly improved with something like a torque arm suspension from BMR. They really got got aggressive on it. So, yeah, if you think about all the, the key performance attributes, you've got them all checked, you know. All the boxes are filled with something nasty, cool, awesome. Go fast, stop fast, corner hard. Um, so I can see where the, the, the feel of this car is going to go. Right, and you just mentioned, right, it's a 78 and you got the snowflake wheels. Are you gonna do anything with the look, the stance? Like, or do you want it to look just oh, like yeah. an original one? Where do you think you're gonna head with it? Are you gonna add any kind of bling or? No, I'm definitely gonna drop it a couple inches. Part of running, part of running those C5, you know, spindles uh, is that is you can get it to drop a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely gonna drop it right on top of that snowflake rim. Uh, maybe hovering just on that lip a little bit. Um, and, you know, same thing for the back. Um, so I'm hoping I can get, you know, that three and three quarter to four inch range. But I'm going to put a little bit bigger chin strap on it. Um, definitely going to level the ride. It's got a, a little bit of a rake from the, uh, the old days. Uh, so my plan is to make that thing, you know, uh, on the outside. Uh, I'm going to uh, repaint it. You'll see some, some of the clear damage on TV. My deal is to get that thing handling, banging through the turns, get all the bugs worked out of it, and then blow the front clip apart, paint it through the winter, um, and have something new and shiny and flossy for uh, for next spring and summer. Oh wow! So you are getting on I'm, it, yeah, yeah, man. I'm I'm hoping I could haul butt and make that happen because it, it's such a fun setup, man. To have a daily driver that you could fling around a autocross or a time attack or drive it to the car show and just bang away. Um, that's the real deal. When you got that BMR stuff, we, we didn't even talk about the front. Big, massive, massive tubular control arms. Uh, big, massive sway bar. Um, and, you know, s some upgraded in links. I, I really think that car is going to be night and day difference in how it handled. And uh, to be able to just huck it around, a you know, an autocross track or a time attack. Dude, I've been waiting on that for a minute. I don't have an automatic. I got a manual car that I do that with but not an automatic. And I'm really interested to see how I can drive the two cars differently and how I can, uh, uh, well, attack a track and see how fast I am compared to the automatic, you know? Yeah. What about the interior? Are you going to try to keep all the seats and basics looking fairly factory? Are you going to put in a little bit more aggressive race type seat or any kind of, any kind of cager five point type of setup or. I think right now 
I'm going to stiffen it underneath the car, stiffen it. It's got some, you know, frame rail connectors and a few things like that. Right now, because the interior is so, that's one thing. So we did switch out the dash, and you'll see that on the show. I found this company, Intellitronics, and we did a digital dash um, on the inside that, that gives you some of that LS data you're looking for. So I think that's going to be cool. But outside of that, it's almost too perfect mm-hmm. to mess with right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I hear I mean, you. you saw it. It's, it's really, I mean, the seats are, it's like a velour. It's like that old school velour, like black velour. It's, dude, I got to tell you, it's kind of hip, man. I like it. <laughs> right on, man. Right on. It feels like a Russian sweatsuit, man, like a Russian jumpsuit. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think as the car gets a little faster, um, I'll get rid of just the shoulder and lap strap and, and get something a little more adequate um, and probably eventually get a row cage in it. Uh, when it get a little bit more serious. But right now, my deal is getting it on the road, having some fun, and, and banging gears in it. Yeah, no amen. No, it, it's, it's cool because we, we've both challenged ourselves, right? We both built uh, cars to SEMA, you know, basically on our own, our own budget. And, and, it's, and it's great to push your skills and, and you know, really kind of go to the nines and, and build something that you're really proud of and all that stuff. But, man, I have so much respect for, for dailies. Right. For, for whatever you're building, you know, that that's going out to meet some some function. It looks cool. It's got a cool vibe. It's what you had when you were young. Uh, it's a fun. It's, you know, a daily whatever it is, you know, like and, and this feels like it's fitting that bill of, you know what, man, I just want to go rip around in something that uh, I thought was cool as a 100%. kid. But it's got some meanness to it. it's got some nasty to it. it's got some fun factor to it. Uh, but it looks like I remember it, you know. Yeah, exactly, man. And, you know, still at mid fives, high fives at the rear tire tuned right. Um, maybe, you know, some some fun stuff added to it uh, to, to help that, you know, giddy up a little bit. But, you know, that car and that package and that horsepower, man, it doesn't get any funner to drive a car, an old school muscle car, right? Uh, something that gains a lot of eyes and a lot of attention. People always give you a thumbs up. But if that thing's anywhere in ballpark of five to six hundo, man, that is a fun, magnificent car for for the fun factor. For smiles per miles, that is the formula for a happy driver on a daily basis. No doubt. Now, speaking of driving, uh, we went on a first drive. Not in like I mentioned before earlier on, nothing like what it's gonna be, right? Literally, the thing pulls out of a barn. Uh, we Willie whips together enough stuff to just get it on a trailer and get into the shop so we can do a couple of projects. Like, so that's it, right? The car is still a 30 year old, you know, jalopy, never been fired. So he's got just an engine that he threw in there um, and some exhaust that, uh, what was it, some of the original exhaust oh, just kind of cut and hacked? No, it's just my buddy. So we did the car. Me and my buddy Victor, he has a shop pretty close to me. Uh, so we did it like three days at his shop. And that's just <laughs> that's what we found laying around his shop, some old Flowmasters. Yeah, just laying around stuff, just so it wasn't open yeah. headers. <laughs> you know, like no time yeah. to sort through anything. Just, hey, I got an engine in there. You know, let's connect up some power yep, to yep. it. And... Uh, some parts and pieces of exhaust laying around and this and that, like whew, it's on the trailer. It's out of my hands. I won't see yeah. it until I get down to the studio, to the shop 
And then, you know, we're just rushing uh -huh. to do some projects and the, the producer's like in our ear going, can you fire it up? Can you fire it up? And we're like, well, maybe, sure. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, hey, can you go for a drive? And we're like, probably, maybe shouldn't. You know? I, I told him I've never, I've only driven that car on the, on the trailer to get it there, you know, because I had to drive it on the, on the pilot truck. And I said, dude, that's the longest I've ever driven it. But yeah, he, so I literally just trying to drop tunes in it in order to get the thing to fire up, finally got it pulled, uh, where enough fuel, uh, pulling enough fuel out of it, where it would fire up. And they said, take it down the road. Yeah, we want to get some so, shots, you know, <laughs> just some shots. <laughs> we, we pull it out, pull it down the road. And I said, dude, I've never driven this wait, car wait, we before. We didn't even get that far. In my life. We didn't get that far. Willie goes, all right, man, yeah. hop in the other side. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Somehow between... Somehow between the time it left my shop and the time it pulled up at the, the, the studio, the passenger door stopped working. It wouldn't open. Like, it wouldn't even move. Like, it wouldn't even wiggle when you, you know, play with the handle. Yeah. The thing I opened a hundred times before I loaded it on the trailer, some, something happened between, uh, I think the high altitude allowed me to open the door here in Colorado, but not in Florida. I don't know what it was, but the door wouldn't open. So he goes Dukes of Hazard, climbs in the car, Dukes of Hazard style. So that's my first entry to this car was like, all right, let's roll down the window. I'm going to climb in it. Big old 6'2 <laughs> dude, you know? <laughs> so I'm wedging myself in. It's like, all right, let's... Let's see if this thing will fire up. Fires yeah. right up. It was great. You know, it's like, oh, cool. All right. We're going somewhere. Right. It sounds kind of nasty, but that's only because I, I'm pulling so much fuel from the injectors. I'm pulling like, you know, 15, you know, 17, 18% fuel. So I'm, I'm way fat in it. And it's just <laughs> dumping fuel. So it's, it sounded kind of good. Like, I don't like, brum, 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 yeah. brum, brum, like with holes in the exhaust and stuff. Cause they just kind of hung some stuff up there, you know, like it's like, all right, man, this this is going to be kind of cool, you know? What happens What happens next is sad, but we pull it out. Um, and, I, I, like, I'm, again, I've never driven this car, so finding out where drive is is, is weird. So it's the first time do, doing that. Um, so we, we, I haven't dropped over the – you got to drop over the, the 4L80 specific pages on a tune or it doesn't know where to go. It doesn't have a math sensor. So the car is like trying to figure figure out where it's going, what it's doing, and what it's breathing. <laughs> well, we turn, to, turn down the road to go down the road in front of the camera, and it hits this bump. And what happens next? The whole car starts shimmying. goes, bump, like this. And all of a sudden, the car goes, <laughs> like this. And we're like, what in the hell was that? <laughs> the car is shaking. We're like, I don't have the slightest idea what it, what just happened to that bump, but now the car is just it's got a hippy hippy shake to it that we're like, man, let's just get it back to the shop so we can start wrenching on it. Anyway, it knocked the cap off the U joint, <laughs> and the U joint was wobbling around in there. So yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> so look, man. and then the noises that it made because again, this is just parts and pieces lying around just to cap the headers off. But you know, try to stab an engine with with no real tune on it. It's lost. It doesn't know what it wants to do. And yeah. you push the gas pedal and it goes, <laughs> making all kinds of noise, but not really going anywhere. It's shimmying and shaking all over the place. I'm climbing in through the window. Yeah. Oh, man. We're just laughing, though. I mean, that's, that was the great part. Like, it was the most fun. Just laugh at everything. Make a list of all the stuff that, you know, the car needs to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Until you kind of go through it a little bit, you have no idea. Well, you know, you can go through. But when you got two minutes and a producer says, hey, can you go for a drive? 
<laughs> you know, what? Like, sure, I'll bring a notepad. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, it, look, it happens to, to almost every build. Uh, there's that, you know, fly by the seat of your pants scenario. It's it, what makes hot rodding, muscle car, and all this stuff so kind of goofy fun and so addicting. Yeah. You just never know, man. You truly don't. And uh, I'm glad we didn't show that on the show, but just know behind the scenes, we said, oh, and then added several dollars to the swear jar as we're driving back, laughing the whole time. But I was going to say, but we had a good time, man. It was great. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So look, uh, whether it's, you know, Trans Ams or trucks, we got you covered on the show, and we sure appreciate you guys watching it. Uh, to find us, man, just check Motor Trend Network. That's where we are each and every weekend. For streaming, check out Motor Trend Plus, which is a great way to find us, all right? Uh, no guests today. Thanks to our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker. He is Kevin Burton. I'm Willie B. for the Two Guys Garage podcast. Yeah, and you want some more Scoop on the show, check out the website, twoguysgarage.com. And we're everywhere, man. We got all kinds of stuff on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. Now, the Two Guys Garage podcast is copyrighted, 2023 Brenton Productions. So don't be stealing it, taking it. It's all rights reserved. That's what that means. So, we guys, you know, hopefully you had some fun with us today. Hopefully, you'll check out the episode coming up. It's going to be fun. Uh, and it's a cool first step in the. I thought maybe a long road, but it sounds like this man is motivated to get this thing on the road quick, which is pretty awesome. I got to. I have too many other bigger projects down the road. I got my 60 Bel Air. I've got a 70 Charger. I'm doing a Gen 3 Hemi. I'm finishing the wide buddy. I got a lot of projects around the house, man. So, yeah, that one's got to happen quick. So get her that's done. the plan. Grabbing gears, baby. All right on. <laughs> well, we will catch you on the All next right, Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.